coach, teacher, podcaster, online business owner, and above all, I am constantly dreaming up ways to reimagine education. I provide teachers with tips, tricks, and strategies to transform their classrooms into learning hubs that are filled with creativity, innovation, and discovery. I hope to empower all teachers, no matter what subject they teach, to experiment with innovative learning models and lead their classrooms with 21st century skills. So let's learn and grow together as 21st century educators. This is the EdTech Classroom Podcast. The EdTech Classroom Podcast is officially one years old. I really can't believe it. This has been a crazy cool experience for me. And so to start off our episode today, I wanted to say thank you so much for every single listen, every download, every subscription. It means way more to me than I could ever explain. So thank you. I've gotten to meet so many amazing educators through this podcast. From interviewing to hearing from you guys directly, it's really been a cool learning experience for me. This podcast has brought me so much value. I feel like I've learned so much from it. I've grown so much, and I hope that you all feel the same way. So today's episode is a celebration of the podcast's birthday. We're celebrating all the interviews, all the conversations that we've had over the past year. We're going to be listening to some sound bites and some quotes from some of my favorite episodes, our top episodes, and I think we're really going to be in for a treat today. First, we're going to listen to some snippets from my favorite PBL episodes. Then we're going to listen to some quotes from my favorite interviews with education experts. Next, we'll hear some sound bites from our top STEM and STEAM education episodes. And lastly, we'll end off with our top episodes about all things EdTech. I'll have links to all these specific episodes on the episode webpage for this episode. So I'm going to have everything linked for you guys in the show notes. So be sure to check it out if you're interested to actually go back and listen to these interviews, these conversations, and these solo shows. So first, let's check out the roundup of our top project-based learning episodes. In project-based learning, teachers are viewed as coaches. And as coaches, they provide a structure or a framework that guides students through the learning process. But the learning, the actual learning at the end of the day is always student-centered and prioritizes student voice and choice. Keep it simple. I really think that's the message here. It's worked for me. It's worked for other teachers. And I really think it's going to work for you guys too. How do we do education that's human-centered when so much of our productivity, et cetera, is going to be increasingly uh, artificial intelligence, automation? How do we fit in that world? And I think if your paradigm is sit down in the desk and let me fill you with information, I just don't feel like that makes students ready for the world nor the jobs that they're going to need to reinvent themselves in. The three ingredients that I would say on top of those that really, I call them the special sauce, they take it from 
yeah, that was fun. Good project to really the next level. Uh, I would say our voice and choice, and this is key for getting kids engaged in your content and getting them empowered through their voices. So I, I, that's probably the thing that drew me to PBL the most is getting kids to care and getting them excited about learning through voice and choice. And then as I did more projects, I started to realize when I evaluated my projects, which ones were the best, it all comes down to community connections. I really wanted to design a project um, coming from their interest, but I didn't have the benefit of watching them play and listening to them have conversations at snack and lunch. Um, so those virtual home visits were the way that I saw, oh my gosh, half my class has like outer space bed sheets and posters in their room about the planets and they've got mobile, like they all are really interested in outer space. So I really wanted to design a project um, around that. However, there's no standards in kindergarten around outer space. So my question was, how can I build a project that brings in some standards that I have? So that's one way to approach it. Mm -hmm. um, so some of the standards I might think through are, you know, uh, speaking and listening skills, nonfiction writing, um, collaboration, you know, things like that. The biggest takeaway from these episodes and these sound bites to me is really about the power of project-based learning and the power of student-centered learning experiences. So now let's tune in to hear some more from some education experts. And if we're not thinking critically about how we in schools are leveraging this technology in such a way that we are helping kids to become more thoughtful, critical consumers and producers of information. We will have missed an unbelievably important uh, window of opportunity into the health of not only our students, but of our country and our democracy. And that's how big, that's how important this moment we're in right now is. And that's the, the unbelievably challenging and important and um, uh, a vital task that we in schools have when it comes to looking at how the use of these tools in a ubiquitous fashion, not just in school, but in society, forces us to think critically about the questions kids ask and about the way they seek out answers to those questions, right? We've never had a moment in time when students have had ubiquitous access to the world in the way that they do now, not just students, but adults too where there is literally ubiquitous access to information and disinformation and misinformation and how we are teaching kids to critically analyze their world and their sources has never been more important than the moment we are living in now. There's a relationship between, an obvious one, between teachers and their students. We've known that for a long time. It's part of what makes project-based learning so um, incredibly powerful for young people is that it helps to strengthen that relationship we think between the teacher and the students we serve to know them well. Um, but there's also a relationship between students and the curriculum they see every day in their classroom. Do they see themselves? Are those issues they care about? Um, uh, do they see themselves as change, powerful change makers in the world? And then there's a relationship between teachers and the curriculum they use every day. So, so the work we do in the world is always in service of keeping all three of those things in mind simultaneously. To me, that also is a huge part of this building relationships because 
we're sending the message to students just by just by asking that we care mm -hmm. and when students feel cared about like the whole world is their oyster they engage and as a teacher you feel good watching them thrive so to me it's like this really wonderful kind of net bonus on both sides so for example um in the early stages of projects and and i think for many kids this will be much of the semester is exploration and identifying um who is out there in the city or in the town what are the stories worth uncovering what are the insights what are the tensions what am i interested in right and this is the power of place-based learning how do we not have systems that keep that data, that feedback, that, that instructional gold that we provide to students every day? All that learning evidence over time, we should have something that actually, that actually captures that. These experts bring so much clarity and purpose to our work as educators. As a teacher, I feel like I've been really inspired by these conversations and I've been able to, on a small scale, put some of their ideas into practice this year. Now, speaking of teachers, let's hear from some other STEM teachers on our top STEAM education episodes. That connection that we all have, even only in my school and globally, I can talk to teachers in Spain. I can talk to you, Mari. I can meet teachers all over the world and that for me is something that, that is really changing everything, changing the game. Remember, most people are driven by why, not by what. And the prerequisite skills that we think people need before we do something is a what. But that nobody cares about a what. People care about a why. The engineering design process is a way that engineers attack and solve a problem. So they go through that planning phase, they iterate ideas, um, and then they create, an ex it's all those steps that I mentioned, but how they can attack and solve a problem and create a solution to it. Those skills that we see, you know, kids using in jobs and, you know, in future jobs with programming and everything else, those are the skills we need to build. So it's, I mean, it's one of those things like, that's why I love STEM. Like that would be the number one thing I would say, like, that's why I love it. That's why I believe in it. Cause I see the value in it. The takeaway for me with these clips is all about the value of creating an interdisciplinary and hands-on curriculum. And so last but not least, let's listen to some clips from our top episodes on all things ed tech. So are you ready? Are you ready to hear this earth shattering advice? Keep it simple. That's it. That's the advice. That right there is, is a, another important piece that teachers need to consider. And that's the level of authenticity that the project provides. I like to try to provide my kids with opportunities to take on those soft skills that beyond social studies or math or science they can use later, whether it's, you know, web design, graphic design, audio editing, video editing, writing and using a lot of these technologies, again, because the technology, whether it's physical or the software might be gone in five years, but are those skills something that they can take with them? So I really have to think about 
uh, from from the student perspective about how am I going to use this in my classroom and how can I help my students see some benefits of using educational technology? Because as you know, Maddie, sometimes things are just easier with paper and pencil, but technology can also help to save us some teacher time. It's all about the why behind technology and not just putting it in the classroom because it's glittery and fun, but because, you know, it really serves a purpose. If technology is to be innovative, if it is to be revolutionary, then we need everybody at the table. If technology is to be revolutionary, we need everyone at the table. Thank you to everyone who has joined me at our table this past year, to all the experts I've gotten to interview, to all of you listeners who press play each and every week. Thank you so much. If you want to give the podcast a birthday gift, you can rate it or you can write a review. I'll see you back here soon. Bye, friends.